Hey everybody, welcome to the New Market Alliance Church podcast, where you're invited to not just attend church or watch church, or in this case, listen to church, but actually go and be the church. For everything you need to know about our community, be sure to go to newmarketalliance.ca and maybe even drop us a line to let us know you're listening. We read everything you send and we'll be sure to get back to you. Our worship service happens every Sunday at 10 a.m. in person or streaming online. We want you to know you absolutely matter to God and you absolutely matter to us. Everyone is welcome and wanted. Now, let's join today's teaching. If you have your phone or your Bible, um, 2 Corinthians is where we're looking at today. We're going to look at chapter 8, verses 1 to 7. If you don't have it, um, let me read along with you from the uh, NLT. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul writing, uh, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor, but They are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm. Oh, there's there's one more line there. And uh, does anybody have it pulled up? No, do you have it? Was it just yell it? See that you excel in this grace of giving. I want to talk to you about your capacity this morning. Um, Do we, do you have a capacity issue? Have you ever uh, told each of your children individually at different points that they're your favorite? You know, one day they're going to compare notes, right? And, 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 figure this out. When I spoke at my grandpa's funeral, I was one of three cousins from three different Ganyu families. And each of us said we were grandpa's favorite. We said that because he made us feel that way. Uh, Paul is employing, I think, a similar uh, parental technique here to this church in Corinth. It's like, y'all know you're my favorite, right? And uh, you excel in faith and in public speaking and in love and in knowledge and enthusiasm. He says, as God's favored people, uh, as my favorite people, I'd like to present to you this opportunity to contribute to this need in Jerusalem. They're going through some tough times right now. And we have a chance to kind of push back the darkness a little bit, to offer love and hope and a practical service and to make a real difference. And I want to actually show you what God can do through you. Uh, At some point in your life, you've been told some variation of this message. Uh, Just learn to be content with your capacity. 
Um, and there, you know, there's, there's some truth in that. There are certain things that Paul can do that I, I can't do. Um, and vice versa, I imagine. We, we have our own wiring and our own gifting, uh, ways that God has specifically and beautifully called us. Uh, some of y'all are just coming to grips right now with the fact that you are not going to play in the NHL. You are five foot six, and you keep thinking, well, Theo Fleury did it. I can do it. You know, bro, let the let, just let the dream die. It's okay. Let it die a natural death. I'm just recently coming to terms at 49 with the fact that I will never be a rock star. And if American Idol has taught us nothing else, and it hasn't, it's that there's a whole segment of the population that have an unearned confidence in their ability to sing, and they're very shocked to learn that they can't carry a tune in a baby Bjorn. Uh, no one has told them the truth that they just don't have it. Oh, but they sound so good in the shower. There uh, may be even times where we need to get real with our kids and say, I don't think your career aspiration of joining Cirque du Soleil is going to you know, pan out, seeing as you haven't mastered the somersault yet. So much of what we need to be realistic and thankful for is it's just the way that God has wired us, not envious of the way that God has wired other people. Um, content in some respects with the capacity that we've been given. The challenge is trying to figure out what your capacity really is. Uh, how do you know what your capacity is if you never challenge it? How do you know what you're capable of if you never go beyond what you're comfortable with? I, I had this epiphany of sorts some years ago. It's the reason why I find myself in Newmarket, Ontario, when I realized or when God put in my heart that maybe I had more capacity in leadership than I thought I did. Maybe there was, there was room to expand and grow in my own leadership. Now, in my mind, I still have these blockages, things I've decided I just simply can't do. I could never lead a church through a building program. Too hard, too out of my wheelhouse, too out of my expertise. Uh, I don't have the leadership capacity to lead us through adding a second campus or a denominational change or, you see what I'm doing? I already, I already got my conditions laid out of what I can't do. I can't memorize three chapters of scripture, the Sermon on the Mount. You say, I can never get into shape. I could never lose that weight. I could never forgive this person. I could never stop drinking. I could never go back to school. I could never learn piano at my age. I could never run half a marathon. What have you convinced yourself this morning that you can't do? Sorry, that you won't do. A lot of church folks say they want transformation. They say they want to be changed, but it turns out they don't want to be challenged. Oh, no, don't go there, pastor. Yeah, I'm going there. Guess what? 
No challenge, no change. And I know you come to church, you stepped out in vulnerability. Maybe you went to the open mic. Maybe you even raised your hands in worship. You joined a small group, but you still have this list. Oh, I don't do charismatic things. You know, oh, I'm not going to get roped into daily disciplines. I'm more of a free spirit. Uh, oh, I don't talk about my faith outside these walls. That's, you know, that's not who I am. It's not how I'm wired. Leadership, that's for somebody else. Um, this may be a harsh way to put it, but have you inadvertently treated your faith a bit like a smorgasbord? You know, you take heaping mounds of the stuff you already believe the stuff you're already predisposed to be comfortable with, but leave behind anything outside your experience, outside your upbringing, outside your comfort zone. Sometimes we need people who can see in us what apparently we can't see ourselves. I'm eternally grateful for the people in my life who saw as a young man, uh, something in me, some leadership potential, some ministry gifting in me that I couldn't see even in myself. I even had this narrative in my head that I'll do anything but pastoral ministry. And uh, maybe today I could be that somebody for you this morning who can encourage you, challenge you, help you see that there is something in you um, and you're being convinced is beyond you. So let me use this example from the church in Macedonia. For whatever reason, they were going through this impoverished time, possibly uh, due to earthquakes or political persecution. I don't know. A housing slump, a global pandemic, a stock market crash. You get what I'm doing. We're not so different from this this church in Macedonia. And uh, the technology changes, but the problems kind of stay the same. Uh, they were so low on resources that when Paul was originally collecting this special offering for a church in Jerusalem that needed it, he was just going to skip them. He didn't, he didn't want to ask them for some charity when they could have used a little charity themselves in this season they were in. But something in them demanded that they participate. Scripture says that they came to the church overseers and not only asked them, but begged them to join in. Uh, They gave according to their means, and it says, beyond their means. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. Okay, this is fascinating to an old uh, tightwad like me. It started with them giving what they could, and it resulted in them giving what they even couldn't. It's only when you challenge your capacity that you discover your capacity. How can you be content with your capacity when you serve a God who is unlimited, who is able to do immeasurably more than you can even ask or imagine? You know who was content with their capacity? A man who sat at the gate called beautiful because he couldn't walk and, and the only living he could make was, was begging people for some mercy, drop some coins in his basket. And the narrative in his head, I imagine, was I'll never be able to walk, but I can beg 
and that is my lot in life, probably made worse by a culture at that time that promoted this idea that you probably deserve the kind of life that you've gotten. And so here he is surviving on the the scraps and the leftovers of others. And he looks to Peter and John, who at this point had seen the resurrected Savior, had been filled with the Holy Spirit, who were seeking or seeing a revival break out in their time. And, And Peter and John were not prepared to give the man what he expected. Instead, they offer him something he never even contemplated that was possible. You know, a lot of people come to church to be comforted. And, and that should be part of the mission of, of our, our church, of every church. But I wonder what would happen if more people came to church not to be comforted, but to be challenged. Challenged beyond what you think your capacity is. Challenged beyond what your comfort zone is. Challenged beyond what you think your limitations are with power to do what you thought you could never do. Uh, something in us is, is resistant to this on some level. I know I am. And, and when we're challenged, we often receive it as a threat. Um, it's amazing what we tell ourselves we can't do. It's amazing what someone will tell you one time in your life, flippantly, in passing, and you take it as gospel truth and own that cruel or thoughtless comment as part of your identity? How is it we can believe another person, a stranger, but not believe God? Vicky, Vicky thinks she can't speak in public until she does and people are moved. Michelle Asbury, in the midst of a grueling doctorate study, must have thought, I can't do this until she did. You know, please don't tell me that if you ever win the lottery, that you'd be Nack's biggest giver and, and you know, get us our own building. And you know what? If you're not giving $5 out of the 50 you earn, what makes you think you'll be giving away millions? It doesn't work that way. You gotta start with what you have. And the Macedonian church didn't have much, but when they started to give within their capacity, wouldn't you know it? God increased their capacity. Sometimes when our own limited expectations are met, it, it, it confirms a worldview. It confirms the suspicion that God was limited. When in fact, we had stuck him in a little box and didn't expect any more from him than our own meager expectations. It's time to challenge yourself about some things that you've told yourself. Forget about putting God in a box. Some of, you, some of you pigeonhole yourselves. You speak pessimism over yourself. You speak curses over yourself. Well, I'm just a glass half empty kind of person. I'm not really a mourning person. I, I've got this Irish temper, you see. I'm kind of a melancholy kind of guy. Um, I just seem to catch every flu and bug and virus. I'm just unlucky. I'm unlucky in love. I seem to attract toxic people. And now you are living in that limitation that these lies have created. 
But if you would believe what God sees in you, it would challenge your own capacity. You would say, my dad used to be angry, but I'm not going to live that way. My mom used to be miserable, but that's not going to be my path. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. I've got a new name written in glory. I have a new expectation, and the sky's the limit. Oh, come on. I haven't preached in front of people for a while. Somebody say amen to that. What might we miss out on if we don't challenge our capacity? Listen to what it says in Ecclesiastes 11.4. This may sound out of context, but... It says, farmers who wait for a perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. What does that mean? It means if, if you wait on all the conditions and all the circumstances to align before you take a step, guess what? You may never take that step and never experience what maybe God had for you. Lord, help me not to, not to be conditional in my faith. Oh, Lord, I'd love to, but this just isn't a good time right now. You got, you got me at the worst time. Vicky calls me out on this thing she calls the sucky teeth. Oh, shucks, uh, my hands are tied. Ooh, I'd love to, darling, but did you, did you just give me the sucky teeth? Did you just give me the, I'd love to, but my hands are tied? Do you work in customer service now? Am I calling a 1-800 number? I haven't specifically, in my whole time here, asked anyone individually to give, to be generous. I have asked collectively that we would be a generous church, to be faithful, to be obedient. I've not asked individuals, but if I did, I wonder if I'd get the sucky teeth. Oh, I'd love to, Pastor, but this is the wrong season, the wrong time. I, I've got the wrong job, the wrong gifting. <laughs> the church in Macedonia couldn't, but they did. And when they did, they could. <laughs> Faith kind of flips the script, doesn't it? You say, you know, I would if I could. Faith says, you could if you would. You could forgive if you would forgive. But if you won't forgive, you can't forgive. You could have joy if you would have joy. You could be free if you would be free. You could be vulnerable if you would be vulnerable. You, you could move forward if you would let go of the past. You could worship if only you would worship. Lord, increase our faith, increase our joy, increase our generosity, increase our capacity. We talked this summer about this woman who came to Elisha. You remember this? She didn't have any oil. And Elisha says, you know what? Go get some jars. And she's like, I don't need jars. I need oil. No, you need to make room for what God's about to do, for the provision he's going to bless you with. May our expectations start to look closer to what the God of the universe is, is capable of. Our ability to believe will never catch up with God's ability to perform. Um, to him who is able to do immeasurably more 
than we could hope or imagine. Oh God, increase our capacity and increase our imagination. I suspect for many, for me, the limitations of our imagination, the limitations of our joy or our plans, our limitations in our finances. How many have thought, if if I were independently wealthy, I could just buy my way of any, any problem? And there's some truth to that, you know, whether it's a job you hate or a car that's broken down or kids' wedding coming up that you can't afford. And uh, I'm not impugning your character by suggesting that because you worry about money, there's something wrong with you. Because I, man, I would be pointing the finger at myself big time. I'm not judging anyone. I'm definitely not judging anyone's heart. But I also know that you can have a good heart and bad habits, right? And these, these bad habits can inhibit you from living the life God has called you to live. It's why I'm, I'm glad when I was a cute, freckled-faced little boy and my folks would give me a dollar allowance, they said, congratulations, you have 90 cents to spend. Don't spend it all in one place. Oh, and be sure to give your dime to God. And that was a good habit, a good discipline. Sometimes my heart doesn't always line up with my habits, if I'm being honest. But my habits can get me through some of the fearful, faithless, dry times until my heart gets right. Some of you just did the math in your head and thought of bringing your first 10% to God and it's giving you irritable bowel syndrome right now, okay? You're giving me the sucky teeth. And what you're saying is, I'm not a morning person. I come from a long line of pessimists. I don't do the tithe thing. Uh, There's people who claim to make too little to tithe. There's people who claim to make too much to tithe. God can do immeasurably more than you can even ask or imagine, but it starts somewhere. And we always want to wait until our ducks are in a row, and I'm telling you that day just will never come. Sometimes you just got to step out. The Lord invites us to even to taste and see that he is good. It's the only promise that comes with a challenge or the, or, or the only challenge that comes with a promise, I should say. And you may not even see until you step out. Maybe it's time that we identified some of those limitations in our life. Um, preach to those limitations when you're driving, when you're, when you're alone in your room. Say, you're not the boss of me anymore. <laughs> I intend to grow beyond you. I'm in accordance with God's promise that he has made to me. I wonder what spoken or unspoken lists you've given to God, what you can't do, what you will do. Are there, are there any areas that you have labeled contentment that are actually complacency? Ooh. So Paul uses this Macedonian church to say to the Corinthian church, the mega church in the suburbs with all the money, he says, you could learn a thing or two about faith, about generosity from this poor little inner city church. 
This Macedonian church learned that where they put their treasure, their heart will follow. Maybe for some of y'all, what what challenging your capacity looks like in 2022 is giving over and above the tithe. Ooh, that's when it starts to really get into a trust area. For some of you, you're a long way from that, and and maybe you want to start somewhere. What if you tried 5%? What if you tried 2%? What if you tried 1%? And that is such a step of faith, you can hardly picture it right now. And it may... It may mean giving up something. It may mean giving up Disney Plus and caramel macchiatos, but see if God doesn't provide for you. I could tell you story after story of people who trusted God with their finance, not sure where the next bill would be paid, and time after time, God providing. I've learned that God cannot increase my capacity, and leave me in my comfort zone, though. This will stretch me. This will stretch you. And maybe you need to hear this in another context, an area you need to grow in other than finances. I just know that this is an area that is usually the last for people to surrender. Jesus must have known that, too, because he talked about it a lot. Talk, talk about a universal human worry. Talk about a potential idol. Folks, don't measure your capacity by your circumstances. Don't believe that where you are is all there is. Let me pray for you. Lord, would you speak to people in their specific situations this morning. Apply this word individually as you see fit by your spirit. And Holy Spirit, would you interpret my words? Uh, Remove any offense or fleshly thing. Would you take out all of the Jonathan and, and filter it through your truth so that all remains is what you are speaking to your people. May these steps of faith not only be proven fruitful because of your provision in their life, but but more importantly, would they prove fruitful by enlarging our hearts, increasing our generosity, stretching our capacity, and ultimately seeing your kingdom come in Southlake and even to the ends of the earth. So we reject every reason that we cannot become what you called us to become. You are able. You are able to do increasingly more than we can even imagine. Thank you, Lord, that you are called Jireh, Jehovah Jireh, the one who provides. It's not my RSP. It's not my bi-monthly paycheck. You ultimately, God, are Jireh, our provider. We put our trust in you today. Amen.